What's up, Soul Warriors? Welcome to this amazing Saturday Night Soul Session live with me, LC. And, you know, we get to flip the script on the revolution, the recovery revolution, live, whole crew. Got them in the same room right here. We're ready to go with them. And I'm so excited, grateful for them to be here. They're already inspiring me. Like, I'm already blown away by their power that, like, right now I can't even talk. So I'm so grateful that we are in Recovery Revolution Live as well tonight so that you're, you all get a chance to, to see your favorite creators here. Um, you get to see parts of their lives and get them to share a little bit of their story that maybe you don't get to see on a weekly basis, even though they got the most open and honest show. I'm just so grateful, you know, to Brett and JR, Jason and Ashley for being here tonight. This is going to be amazing, powerful. It's going to run as long as we want it to run, and I hope that you're here for the long haul. So let me do some stuff real quick before we bring everybody on. I'm going to do it so quick because I'm so ready. But listen, if you don't know about the Sober app, then make sure that you go to your Apple Store or your Google Play Store and download the Sober app. Right now it's under construction, so... Sober App 2.0 is on its way. It's coming quick and it's going to be everything you need to surround yourself with a full spectrum of recovery and healing resources. But right now you can go and test out the original version. It's free. There's 2,500 hours of content there. You get to see a, a lot of, you know, just amazing human beings. That we've all come from a place where we thought and swore and believed we were nothing. When we had nothing, when we lost everything, everyone, and we were standing on the brink of death. Some of us revived, you know, multiple times by Narcan. Many of us in the revolving door of the prison system and hospital and mental health systems. We've, we've had suicide attempts and overdoses and we've lost people. And that's the life we led. And now because of awakening our greatness we are truly part of the change of this entire world this entire global consciousness shift the recovery community is a huge part of that so go get a resource make sure you go and get pamela topgian's book i didn't come this far to only come this far another overcomer story she didn't have to deal with addiction in herself but you will read these books and be so inspired because you see we're all recovering from something. And if we're not, like Jonathan England says, we'll go by chance, by choice. But, you know, by choice is so much, takes less suffering, I promise. All right. And if you are in recovery and you want to change your perspective and you truly want to heal, then Remy Stoak's book right here, An Arsenal of Gratitude, is also an amazing thing. It's a walkthrough to just start a gratitude practice. Gratitude saved my life. Go to Instagram, follow Remy Stoak. I'll put all of these links up at the end. And if you stick around, we've got a great gift and amazing, amazing gift for this audience. And hey, Recovery Revolution Live, you guys can use it as well. You mentioned Recovery Soul Food, but you gotta stick around to the end to get that offer with Pamela Topgian and Breakthrough Hypnotherapy. But right now, 
let's flip the script on these amazing human beings. We've got Brett, JR, Ashley, Jason. If y'all are ready to get into this Saturday Night Soul session, then we are too, so let's go. What is up, all of you amazing people? Y'all have got me so powered up already. Like, I'm I'm messing things up, hitting buttons like nobody's business. What's going on, y'all? What is going on? How do we even start this? Like, I, I told y'all, like, I'm a newcomer. I've never had more than two people on the screen. How do Rock, we do scissors. this? Let's do it. Who does it? Y'all get it done. AG, she's up. <laughs> She's, what am uh, I doing? I was trying to get my mouse to unmute myself. I'm not paying attention. No, well, no, you're unmuted. JR's the leader. He goes first. Okay. JR, let's. Man, so this was your, this is something you had in your your mind to do. Um, I'd love to know a little bit of, of the story about this. Because like I said to you before, you're kind of an old timer like me in this recovery community, this online recovering out loud. And I've seen your name and, and your, your heart in so many things. So tell us a little bit about how this came about for you. Well... Hello everyone, I'm JR, a Army veteran in recovery. My sobriety date is 11-10-17, and I am grateful to be here. I'm grateful for LC, I'm grateful for Brad, Ashley, and Jason for doing what they do. I, I, I started a Recovery Revolution as a Facebook recovery page back in December of 2018. Yep. And it was, uh, within a year, it had grown you know, like almost overnight to, to where it is today, like quarter million followers. And we we kind of stayed in that area for a couple of years. And I was like, podcast, that's the next big thing. So that's when I reached out to Brett, who was doing recovery survey at the time. Great I'm like, podcast. Like, hey, dude, I like what you're doing. You want to bring it to the, to the, to the revolution? Mm, nice. <laughs> Nice. And actually, it was like last year. I think we we are uh, right around our birthday. We're one year in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think tomorrow or Monday is our one year anniversary. Happy yeah. anniversary, guys. Yeah. So That's special. Uh, I've, I've been homeless, hopeless. I mean, I ran the streets for 20 plus years. And, you know, I, I, I never believed that I could be where I'm at today. And it, it's right. been an amazing journey. Recovery has, has, has totally changed my life, made me a better person because of what I went through. And that's one yeah. of the things I try to tell people is that it doesn't matter where you're at. You yeah. always have a chance to turn your life around one yeah. decision away. That's it. That's it. Mess to message. Mess to message. And becomes I'm, the platform. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can I give a shout out to Nick Davis? I was on a Zoom with him earlier. He just completed his men's program, which is geared for guys that are celebrating one year of recovery. It helps them in areas that they may need help. And it's a great program. I'm excited. I'm excited for him. And the Costa Rica recovery for having me down there last week to, to look at their facility. It's amazing. I'm excited to be joining their team next month. I mean, this is all because I, I chose to get sober. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. I love that. I love that, man. Yeah, because Brett told the story, and if y'all haven't seen Brett's episode, I did a, an episode with Brett, like, I don't know, it's been a couple months ago now, maybe a couple months ago, not even that long, and he was telling, you know, the story of how it all came about. And isn't it amazing how you just all of a sudden, this this divine thing, because you believe in it, and you love your life so much, isn't that the gift that we get, in all honesty, to come from that place of hopelessness to every milestone in your life that you get to celebrate now? You go from Absolutely. praying for death to celebrating these moments and milestones. I remember you know. those nights. I remember. I, I remember them clearly. I, I use it as fuel to keep me going. Yeah. I mean, my faith is probably one of the the, strong, the strongest things in my recovery. And, Amazing. I mean, I've I've done some things in my life that I never would have thought possible. Like uh, yeah. currently, I work at the uh, the Veterans Affairs, and which is almost impossible to get on with felonies. And I have felonies to my name. Yeah. yeah. And it was a matter of, of just talking, you know, open and honest with the background check guy. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to give you a chance, dude. And that was like three, four years ago. And, you know, I've never looked back. I mean, I, I mean, God keeps opening doors. I'm going to keep going through them. Absolutely. Absolutely. What happened? Who did we lose? Jason? Jason. Yeah, it looks like a question on, on that point. Like, you know how people don't want to hire people in recovery, but like if you come in and you say I'm in recovery, you yeah. just were honest about your yeah. issue instead of somebody coming in and you having to watch and see what their issue is. Like that person just told you the truth. I would think it'd be more trustworthy. I have well, we're shifting. Is it, but and we're shifting. That's the beautiful point. It's an amazing point that 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 you brought up right there and made because we're shifting. We are in every area of humanity that need that is in desperate need of a shift right now from the connection because we don't recover alone. You know, we recover connection. We're we're afraid of connection and disconnected from ourselves in active addiction. And, you know, like we say, we think we're chasing ourselves, but really we're running away from ourselves. And it's the, you know, I always knew in my active addiction that part of what I was numbing was the fact that I knew I was disconnected from myself and knew I was disconnected from the divinity within. And, and humanity needs this because you're right, Ashley, you go into a place and, and you're giving people an open door to the biggest, you know, that's your biggest issue. This, this comes out and says, listen, man, I got some struggles. I got some flaws and I ain't always been, you know, the greatest human being. But when I come to tell you that, you now hold me accountable. And, 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 and so people are starting to change their hearts by seeing what we do. And when we're honest like that, as uncomfortable as it is, we grow in that moment and people are growing around us. 
You know, like, like we have to be the change we want to see in the world. And what do we want to see? More honesty, more connection, more vulnerability. And there's nothing more than that. So I've always said since I started this in 2018, right along with you, that same year, it was a big year for us. We, we opened the door to this online recovery and it was an amazing thing to be a part of. It was a beautiful thing to, to have and to see everybody out there now it's it's beautiful and this is what humanity needs in in this moment so and just thank you for continuing to do that for finding these beautiful human beings to all just uh, well to get out of the way and let divinity put this team together you know that's really jonathan england says we have one one job and that's to stay out of the way and so <laughs> thanks for staying out of the way man I so so you know brett you you kind of take it over where you came in and then let's go the way y'all got together let's go like that well i remember the story being a little bit different than the one that jr told um, <laughs> <laughs> so i had the way i re recall it is i had approached him about being on my podcast recovery survey mm -hmm. and then he had basically because he's he's an incredible author mm. Mm. the author of the addiction oh, yes oh. yes I, oh. I, keep it, I keep it in my pocket and yes. uh, I had approached him about being on my podcast, and then and then he flipped it on me. He was like, you want to start a podcast on my page? And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to be on my podcast. And then we, we kept talking, and JR is a very convincing individual, and he and I started the live stream, and the rest is history. <laughs> well, who's next? How did you guys find find each other? Like Ashley how did this? Ashley was next. How did that go about? Wait, wait till you hear her story. Jr. Again. <laughs> Jr. Reached out. Okay, okay. Let's have it, Ash. Well, I don't know, cause Jr. Found me. So Jr. You can, and then I can link in. Okay. Uh, I met Ashley for the fir first time in Vegas last year at Mobilize Recovery. Oh. And to me, she looked like she was a little, little quiet, little, little, little. Uh, uh, it, uh, inverted, and so I'm like, you know what? Let me let me mix mix this up and go sit down with her. And I sat down with her, and we started talking, and, and we become really good friends. But you know, she was always the quiet one of the group. So, cause uh, yeah, Jason too. Uh, Jason was our third amigo. Yeah. So yes. it didn't happen like that. You you missed a whole part. So, <laughs> yes. uh, he had his book, and he was trying to get it in all the different states, and he wanted pictures of it in all the states. So he put a post up and I just happened to see it. So I ordered it for Florida and took a picture of it on my balcony so you could see the intercoastal in the background. And that was like two months before Mobilize. So you were looking for me at Mobilize because I had taken a picture of my book in Florida. That's or your book in Florida. That's what I said. She brings she she brings she yeah. just she brings this whole thing about because I'm gonna tell you this would be a completely different dynamic if it was four guys or three guys like she brings the beauty to the bunch let's just go on and let it be she brings the beauty to the bunch and I love your whole dynamic Ashley because it's like you are are the accountability like like i love it like i love your whole vibe it's like wait a minute <laughs> and you need that you need that divine feminine because there's another place that you're going to touch ashley there's another place in humanity that is necessary for heal healing because you know how many it's it's amazing to see so many women 
step forward because for so long women, you know, kept that, the addiction, that it was so shameful, you know, whether they were mothers or, or wives or, or women did not get to be open and, and reach out for help with their issues. And now, you know, we're in a place where more women are stepping forward and, and going into recovery and recovering out loud. So thanks for touching that, you know, demographic and because the divine feminine's coming up, guys. Just get ready. Divine, this is this is coming into the divine feminine, so it's going to be an amazing time. Ask her, ask her how I got her to, to be on the show. That's even better. Yeah, it's her turn now. She's got to take oh, it from you now. Trickery. So, so yeah, this is honest program, and it's a little iffy on this. Um, he said that he was he was on the show originally. And he said that he couldn't be there because he had some commitment. So he asked me if I would come on. And um, so I, I told him I would. Um, and it turns out that he'd been talking with Brett. He wanted to see what the viewers look like with the girl. So he wanted to see if there was more because there was more. Was there's more women on like on the page. So he just wanted to see how bringing somebody in. So he didn't really have to have me there. And I had class on the day that. Um, the live was on so you know it was i was only going to be able to fill in but he wouldn't take that as an answer um and then and then uh brett sent me a microphone because my voice is really quiet well it's gotten better actually i think i don't yeah. have the microphone on now um but um he sent it for and it was like the first time that i felt like my voice mattered like he sent wow. me something so that people could hear me and i was like that just meant so much and they changed the day of the show so that I could be on permanently. Um, wow. So that made me feel, you know, really Empowered. special. Gosh. You know, like they wanted me here, so I have to show up because they, like, made sure that I was able to, so. Wow. Hey, who else buys you guys cake? Come on. <laughs> Not you. Wow. Wow. What an amazing, amazing... That just God, what an amazing story of how you're here and how powerful. Because how does it doesn't it feel so amazing those moments that all of a sudden somebody believes in you, you know? It's it's just it's just uh, it's a moment. So thanks for sharing that with us. So how do we now get over here to the quiet guy in the corner, Jason uh, Rudine? What's up? Uh, how you are don't, you? You don't know me, man. I'm far from <laughs> quiet. I love the sound of my own voice. Um, <laughs> So I don't know. I like Jr. said. I met them, uh, him and Ashley, at Mobilize Recovery Convention last year, and that was a like this soul-filled like whole weekend, man. It was there, there was so much that we learned and skills that we were able to practice and. Uh, just all these crazy, amazing people we got to rub elbows with at that convention. <laughs> it was actually quite like exhausting. Like it took a lot out of you because it was okay. so much. And uh, you know, we've just stayed in touch, and they know that I've been a podcaster now since for, well, yeah. for like, four, for like yeah. four years. Yeah. So, so uh, they the other what was that? It was a couple months ago. I was at work and I get in my truck and I have like a bunch of missed like messages and there was a voicemail and I listen to this voicemail and it's these guys 
all three of them on a party line call and they leave me like a three minute voice message and they're just like talking shit but they were like but they were asking uh basically if i could or if i would come on as a co-host for rrl and that they said they had been talking about it for like a while and they couldn't agree i was the only person they could all agree on is, is what they yes. said <laughs> and it, you know you just listen to the banter with these three giving yeah. each other shit for three yeah. minutes yeah. it was an entertaining voicemail and i'm in my truck i'm still you know i'm at work i'm laughing <laughs> my ass off in there and uh i hit up brett well, first, I think I just text the group thread, but then I hit up Brett and I said, yeah. And then he made like a meme that said, he said, yes. <laughs> it reminded me of like a marriage meme or something. It was, yeah. it was pretty cute. Yeah, I said, I thought that we, I felt like we had proposed to him. And then, so Brett made the meme and he said, yeah. He said, yes. Or whatever. It was super funny, dude. But That's awesome. It's been a blessing, man. It's weird doing video because I'm used to just doing audio with the Way Out podcast. But yeah. it's definitely um, it's different because it's the group dynamic, and I I can appreciate it, and I really love the idea of bringing more perspectives into yeah. the conversation. Yeah, I think yeah. That there's a lot of value to be had from that. So absolutely. You know, not just for the listeners or the viewers, or whatever, right? Really, for me, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, being true. So, yeah, it's cool. I think it's been like a month and a half. I don't know, six, seven episodes, but I missed one because I thought they said my mom was gonna die that weekend, oh, man. and she didn't die. Thank God. Thank yeah, God. but she's not doing good, man. I just yeah. got bad news uh, today, actually, about. Yeah her situation so i'm like mm. we're still going through it she's still fighting but it sounds like you know they're they're talking about we need to there's nothing more they can do for her and that we should maybe if she wanted to live out the rest of her days at home or what that looks like i know nursing homes will take her because she's severely neutropenic so mm kind of sucks man but i just know god's got this and he's got a purpose in everything he does yeah i yeah. trust and and i'll tell you this man i'll share a little story with you lc is you know because my recovery taught me to be open-minded and honest and willing right i did i asked for help and i followed some suggestions to the best of my ability and i stayed open uh through it all and I really, uh, I was thirsty and hungry for more. So I learned as much as I could. And in the process, I ended up finding Christ. And when I found Christ, it was like a ton of bricks, man, lifted off. And I, the experience that, that I felt when I was touched by the Holy Spirit was so profound that I could no longer deny it. And as a result, you know, I got really involved in church. I was, uh, we started a recovery ministry, Grace Recovery over there at that church, me and a group of people. And then I got involved with Stephen Ministry, did six months of training, became Stephen Minister and all these things. And my mom, 
She's never been a believer. She never raised us to be believers. So she, I would always talk to her about this stuff, and she expressed an interest in going to church, and I brought her uh, a few times, and then she wanted to get baptized, do it, and I ended up getting it baptized my mom. So, fast. Mm. <laughs> I know, right? No, right. It was powerful. And yeah. if you fast forward to this whole thing, it's been going on since last summer. It's just been this long, drawn-out battle. And the doctors are confused, so they're trying to keep us filled in, but it's like a, it's always this conflicting information. And it's been a tough road uh, and hard to understand what's really happening or whatever. And But even in the midst of all the confusion or the really toughest parts of this, I see um, what it's doing for me and my brother and sister and our relationship. Mm-hmm together and i also have this like profound um i wouldn't i don't know if i'd call it joy but it's kind of like joy in my heart because i know that my mom's uh sealed you know what i'm saying like i did that i got to do that i mean god did that obviously god did that i can't take credit for that like but you got out of the way yeah, because God changed my heart, and I was like, what is this? And then God done changed her heart, and she's coming to me like, can I go? And then she's like, I want to, but can you baptize me? Because she's seen somebody, like, baptizing their kid or whatever. So it was, like, crazy. And I'm just glad to know that I feel confident in where she's going when she has to shuffle off her mortal coil. Yeah, and, and you know, thank God for recovery, because the alternative would be, you know, in, if we were, when we are, are fighting that part of our lives and active, that would be a, an express reason to run away. Like, that would be a whole thing to just fuel using, you know, oh, because, yeah. yeah, I was using when my grandparents died, and it was like, I couldn't get, you know, I was on dope man schedule before I could leave and for the state and just being able to have this moment to listen to your moment and, and to be there fully and present and to have been able to put your change, your heart and your life. And, and this time that you've gotten to spend, you know, even, even if this becomes the end of her physical existence here, you know, energy never changes. And that's when we gain angels and we learn how to have a different relationship. But I'm so grateful that you worked, you know, your program and that you're able to be here for these moments and to be here for this healing. And and thank you for acknowledging that as well, because I think that's what transmutes suffering. And to me, that's what recovery is about. It's about yeah. finding, you know, a way not to suffer through, but to grow through. We're going to go through regardless. How do right. I grow through this? You know, because the alternative we all know too well. And yeah. so I'm grateful that you're sitting in the seat here with us tonight. I feel that prof- that powerful profoundness. I want, I want to prove to you how much work this person's done. Jason, how many times have they told you that your mom wouldn't live through the week or the weekend in this time? I don't know. Just really the, I don't know, like twice, but I guess 
Yeah, it was like twice. <laughs> but the one, this last right. one, when they said she wouldn't make it through that weekend was like a kick in the nuts out of nowhere. Well, and then he had this like, you know, he was raising money to help her when she was in treatment, you know, for all of this. So this is that's trauma and you know, like that's major trauma and mm-hmm. most people would get mad at the world like that's a trauma response yes you get mad um and he's grateful yeah that yeah. shows how much work he's done absolutely absolutely and that to me it still is sucks oh, yeah. sir for the, for yeah the record it still really yeah sucks, but... yeah and that's that thing you know that the the um the 85th problem you know, we all have the 84 problems, but the worst one is the 85th and thinking that we're not supposed to have problems. You know what I mean? Like, that's what creates the suffering of the other 84 problems that every human being has. And and you're right. You can go through this or you can grow through this. And what you're doing, what, you know, what Ashley just, just pointed out is that you're growing through this by your choice, by yeah. your choice. Every day you get up and choose to grow through this moment, to transmute it, to be able to see the gratitude and what's happening in your family between you and your brother and sister. So there's always a bigger meaning to things. And I think in active addiction, and you guys, you know, you tell me your experience, but you just get so far away from being able to see anything else around, you know, it's like life's happening to me. And you don't understand it. I guess since we're such a, we are, we are an awakened, awakening podcast. So I'd like to know if there was a moment, and I'll ask this to each of you, y'all can go in whatever order, but is there a moment of kind of awakening where you went from that place of clean and sober is not going to work. I got to go deeper. I got to now level up my consciousness, even though you don't know it's that at the time. But was there this moment for each of you that kind of broke open and said, hmm, I got to do this different. What, you know, I'm going to have to go deeper. Was there an awakening moment? Absolutely. I mean, I remember I pleaded into uh, Charleston County Drug Court uh, November 15th, 2017. And, you know, I I was uh, I still went up my sobriety dates like five days before that. And I was in the program for about a month and a half, you know, just just skating by, you know, not I wasn't really taking it serious. Even though I, I, I wanted the, the change, but I didn't know how to change yet. <clears throat> so uh, at by by uh, the end of December, you know, I had about, you know, six weeks, you know, sobriety underneath my belt. You know, doing okay in the program, no violations. And all of a sudden, a uh, detective had, had called me up. And he was like, uh, we got some, uh, we got three burglary seconds and a burglary third charges, felony charges on you. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, you, you're full of crap, dude, because I'm in drug court and they run my record every week. I'm standing in front of a judge. So you got to be, you know, trying to yank my chain. So, you know, I kind of ignored it. And then, <clears throat> then I had reached out to my brother, who was a former cop, and had him run my record through a friend. And sure enough, I had four burglary uh, felony warrants on me. So that weekend, uh, New Year's weekend of uh, 2018, they came, raided my mom's house looking for me. I was, I was you know, doing a program downtown at the hospital, and she called me and told me about it. So I left work that day to come back over to her house and then they had went up to the hospital to get me too so i made it through the weekend 
But uh, come Tuesday morning, because it was a holiday weekend, I, I'm, I'm there and I noticed the uh, police, the VA police was watching me. You know, they, they their eyes lit up when I walked by them. So I kind of knew that they knew. Mm-hmm. They <clears throat> tried to discreetly follow me, but, you know, I'm, I'm from the street, so I spotted it like a mile away. But right. but I get to a break room and I had a choice. I, I, I had that one choice to make. I, I was like, I could have went to a little side door, which was about six feet away from me and escaped, you know, mm-hmm. ran the streets. Or I could sit there and let them arrest me and, you know, take responsibility for those burglary, you know, warrants, which were you know, they, they had all the evidence in the world on me. So, so I sat there and, and I, I had this little battle going on up here. Like my, my addiction saying, run, run, run. But, you know, it's like, I'm tired of running. I'm like, God, I'm going to give this to you. I mean, I'm not going to run. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. These, these old legs of mine are tired of running. I, I just want to get all of this behind me, whether, you know, you send me to prison for 10, 15 years because of these new charges or, or whatever. I'm just going to sit here and let these guys arrest me. And, and that was it. And, you know, of course, five minutes later, they came, they arrested me, put me in a holding cell. The uh, detective came, picked me up, brought me to, to uh, my third County jail in three months so i had to sit there for like 100 days but when i got there i was like i could have i could have felt easily back into that routine that if you've, if you've ever been in and out of jails you know it's it's like you know work out you know canteen watch yeah. tv but i, I chose to, to be, do this this bit different i chose to start writing and that's why i started writing my book it was you know uh i called it my hope manual for myself and i was and i, I just started started writing and you wouldn't believe it i just filled up page after page it all came pouring out of me and it totally changed my life when i got out of there you better believe i embraced recovery to the fullest and that's when everything started to change for me you know i I breezed through drug court i mean the hardest you know program that they got and i'm breezing through it because i i love I, i embrace recovery so up here I changed, in here I changed, and it's just changed my life. I mean, that was my amazing moment right there was yeah. sitting in and waiting for them to come arrest me because the old me would have damn sure took off, you know, hit the dope spot, you know. But, you know, I was like, that's it. I'm done. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've never looked back. I've never, I mean, I've lost the taste of drugs. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all, all in helping other people now. I mean, service work is key. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The eighteen-inch journey from the head to the heart. Yeah, you know mm. that's the difference in recovery and being just clean and sober. You know, just fighting it back versus, you know, truly healing your life in a way that it's it's no longer controlling you. Right. You know. You Absolutely. know. It's it's really no longer controlling you. It's not what you think about every day. It's not you fighting through that every day. It's like you get in a, you just change your and your whole entire perception of life and your stories are exposed and and then you you build this new story around yourself which is you know gosh i'm a divine being in human form like i'm the breath of god in human form what am i going to do with this you know what am i going to do with this amazing yeah you got, you got, it, yeah it got so bad that i can't i can't even get a drug test now they won't test me <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> awesome amazing 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 all right who's next who who remembers their what was their make awakening moment or are we going through it now even if you're going through it right now 
you know. Oh, JR is pointing at me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we, we talked about it when I was on, like, yeah, we did. two months ago, but I guess yep. we'll kind of share, like, the condensed version. Yeah. Um, but y'all so, go catch the full version. Watch it a couple with yeah, Brett. Yeah, it's an awesome interview. Awesome. Definitely do that. Uh, so so the, the, the short version is I was on probation. Uh, I was mandated to go to 12-step meetings. I wasn't smart enough to realize that it's an anonymous program and I could fill out the page myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been going to some meetings. Um, I had one I had one foot in recovery, one foot still out there using. Um, you know, I had dialed my using back quite a bit because I was getting like random UAs and stuff, but I was still I was still drinking and smoking and, you know, I was still messing around and um, I had been doing that for about two years and I had made some connections at, at the group and one night after one of the meetings when we were standing outside smoking cigarettes and stuff after the meeting, the, the meeting after the meeting in the parking lot, you know, one of the guys that I had gotten really close to pulled me aside and was like, dude, you, you got to do something different, man. If you keep going down this path, you're going to end up dying, man. Like, you know where this leads, you're going to die or you go, you're going to go back to jail and you like i see so much potential in you you know and there was that connection and because of that friendship that we had built over that two years something about that moment was just like on on my drive home it was like those words just kept circling around in my head and i knew he was right like i gotta give this thing a shot um and so i i think i call i can't remember if i called him or texted him but i was like all right man you got one year i'm gonna do one year I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to snort. I'm not going to do anything, man. You got one year, and if this recovery thing isn't better than the life I'm living now, I'm out. But I'll give you one I'll give you one year, and that's been almost eight years now. So, yeah, that was, that was the moment for me. The journey. The journey. The 18-inch journey. Yeah. Amazing, man. Amazing. All right, who's next? Who's next? What inspire think, me more inspire me more you want me to go or jason i don't know do you got something Come on. <laughs> i do actually no okay got go something. for it um well so for me active addiction was when i was i'd given up that was you know taking pills to be able to get out of bed to work um what i was supplementing was over two thousand dollars a week mm. um what i was being prescribed at the end um because, you know, I would, uh, it, it's, it's not any better or worse, you know, like, I've, I've never done a lot of the stuff that, and just so like, um, but it was an expensive habit. I was lucky that I could sustain it and never had to go to the, some of the other things because, you know, it's, it's expensive. So that's why a lot yeah. of times people, um, so yeah. $1,000, you know, it was, it was exhausting um, to keep that going. Um, and so it was just, it was after I lost my best friend, um, you know, I and tried to end my own life and I was so mad when I woke up yeah. because I was like, this is the one thing that I did. Like I tried to take an action and I tried to do something. I'd been dead for years, honestly, it was just surviving. And that was the one thing I did to take, you know, control of my yeah. life. And I was like, I can't even do this. I was yeah. mad at first. And then, um, you know, I was grateful eventually and I wanted to make my life matter for her, but it was, um, it was in that moment when I, you know, woke up and I was like, 
I have no control over this. Like, you know, if, if it was my choice, I wouldn't be here. And so yeah. that was kind of my giving up control. Yeah. So by taking control, it's weird. Yeah, it is. It is so weird and it's beautiful. And, you know, and thanks for sharing that journey because I know what that feels like. I, I remember waking up that next morning and thinking, are you serious? I can't even do this. But that wasn't even my rock bottom, man. I kept going for for years and years and years, you know, carrying that. So, you know, I, I guess to say thank you for awakening and, you know, at that moment and realizing that, you know, in that sense, you know, being mad, but then coming to transmuting and alchemizing that thing to come like, you know, because you give up and you're like, okay, well, what is it for then? You almost ask a question like you're being pushed against a wall. You're like, okay, you know, divine, whatever, if there's something out there, that's when you ask if there's something out there or somebody up there, you know, then, then, you know, then do something with this. Again, like, so you think, oh, this stuff only happens in early recovery. Right. Um, and it was like two months ago, maybe. Um, it might not have even been that long. It was the eighth person in a year that I'd lost yeah. that I knew. And I was like, I was like, God, did you only save me so that I could watch people die? Is this my punishment? Like, I, and, you know, that's not who I am. I'm so grateful for everybody. But I was just like, yeah. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're human and our gifts are emotions. And, and, you know, unfortunately, we numb them so much because we're dealing. I feel like most of us are like this powder keg uh, of, of trauma and, and different things, whatever it is for us, you know. And, and one's not worse than the other. It's just that when we just shove down and shove down, eventually there's no more room. Like the suitcase of my soul is full. And then I'm like this, we're, we're like this raw wound just walking around all infected and, and, you know, and it's, 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 it's just this space that you get to. So, you know, and you're, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because recovery isn't a one and done, you know, you don't get rid of certain things. You just start to grow through them. Like you said, versus going through them. And it's not that we're never going to experience those emotions because the common theme here so far, and I bet when Jason, you know, speaks next, he's, he's going to have this theme in here too. He's going through it now. We all are. Is life doesn't stop being life. We start meeting life different. You know, it, you, you, you realize at a certain point, and this is the gift of addiction and the gift of recovery, that, you know, that then in, in, in every opposition is a seed of opportunity. You get this, this gift of, of hating life so much that you turn around to choose life again. And it's a conscious choice. And it may be a conscious choice you got to make every day for the first three, four years. And then you're going to start, you're never, life's not going to stop. You're still going to have to make these new decisions, but you're right. You're leveling up in different states of healing in, in, you know, in, in relationship with your divine, you know, whatever that is for you. Like you're, you're growing in that stuff. It's, it's a soul healing process. We don't ever get there and we don't accomplish it, but we meet it different. It's so cool. Cause like, you know, like I've been working on my 401k for like the last like year really growing in and I put a lot in even though it's lost a lot because the stock market, I mean, but the amount that's been matched and what I put in, if I wouldn't, you know, you could have zero or, you know, so that, and I'm like, you know, then I think about it and I'm like, that means that I'm planning to be here to retire. Like I'm planning to be alive. 
Like that's a totally different approach. It's awesome. Beautiful. Amazing. God, thank you for showing up in the world. Taking the long view, Ashley. Yes. Uh, uh. I'm too deep. Too deep. I love it. I love it. Well, it was all about instant gratification before, and now it's delayed gratifications where it's yeah. Yeah. the kind that sticks to your ribs, right? Mm. Mm. I should love it because I get nervous, like when I have too much money in the bank account or like cash, because it makes me like, if they're, you know, it just scares me because I'm like, it's only one step, then I can have it and go, like being in a four one k, it's like you don't you you can pull it out to borrow against it, but that takes days, and yeah. it's just like. It's a relapse prevention tool. Well, and it's awesome. It's awesome that you're putting those in place. And two, you know, that was something that I reached out for help with, you know, to somebody uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, the guy I had on my show last week, I asked him, why am I so much more comfortable being gro- uh, broke? You know, like like all I want is to be, you know, I want to be able to do what I love to do instead of having to, you know, to continue to tear my body apart. But I'm like, why is it that I'm so comfortable with being broke? He said, you don't trust yourself. You still deep down, you know, the, the deeper subconscious you that, that does all of your deeper belief systems, which are what we live our life by, you know, our, our outer reality is, you know, mirrors back our inner reality. And so, you know, that's what he was telling me. The, you don't trust yourself. And it's true. I mean, you have I get I have money and then it's like I can't wait. to. It's almost like I can't wait to get rid of it because of that thing. So. You know, that's amazing that you bring that up. And it's just a different shift. I'm reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad right now just for that very specific purpose mm. to shift that mindset, that deeper, you know, belief. But I think it's good um, that we don't trust ourselves. And, and it's going to sound weird. But no, I think that it. when people get really, like, comfortable, that's when there's problems because they're like, oh, I'm recovered. And the fact that we are, like, iffy about it, it makes us do the work to continue to stay in recovery. And I think that that's, yeah. like, what has got us to today what a gift what a gift yeah great point Ugh, i love this dynamic like i love this multiple people dynamic are you kidding me jr this is genius this is genius man genius genius jason tell us your big you know tell us your journey story from the head to there's the heart. so many there's so yeah. many of those moments dude that i can think of that really stand out uh you know, it could be so many different ones, you know, because I first think I realized or finally accepted, admitted that I had a problem. I I don't think I was anywhere near the powerlessness piece until, mm. you know, way later. But I knew that I needed help in like 2007 gotcha. and yeah. I sought it and I did good for a while, but I didn't. Um, I didn't fully surrender, you know, so I, I didn't fully, uh, give it, you know, like I didn't change the people, places and things. And I ended up falling right back into old ways. And, you know, then I, I didn't have my next window for another almost 10. years. (laughs) And, And then, uh, when I did, when I did, man, it was, I don't know, man, because there's been, even even since I started recovery, there's been a few game-changing, like, 
moments that change the trajectory of it, you know, or, or my heart, you know, those shifts in, in, in my spirit, uh, like when I found God, but (laughs) I guess we'll go with this one. So I'm actively, uh, basically destroying myself at this point. This is after my arrest. I was already, I was looking at a lot of time, like 111 months or something like that. Uh, I got popped for, for labor. They were like looking for me because I was dealing all this meth. But when they caught me, I had all this other stuff too. Tons of different shit and needles and bags and scales and all these different drugs. God, you me. had it all. When oh, with me. In. Oh, yeah. With me at work. Like, because I worked in a kitchen. I, I worked in a kitchen, so uh, <laughs> I was selling it out the back. Hey, hey, I'm live. Leave the room, please. Uh, God, sorry. <laughs> Family life, kids. Uh, so I'm like, I'm out there. I'm doing stuff out the back door, you know, conducting business. They had uh, gotten, they must have pinched one of my best customers because then he agreed to let them, like, they, he agreed to let, like, record our conversation uh, or whatever so and i didn't find that out until i was got my discovery stuff at sentencing and stuff but it blew my mind when i found out who it actually was i couldn't believe it and so i'm i'm just totally throwing i've like given up at this point i can't hold a job I've all the, all the toys that I got on trades and all the cool shit, you know, that I accumulated over that past year and a half selling all this dope was like, just, I was selling it all off, you know, to get more (laughs) dope. And I was, cause I was afraid to re up, uh, you know, my people were like, you know, we'll just give you double and then you can make it back at one, you know, one flip and i'm like no because i know that if they get me on it not that they they catch me again like i'm totally fucked you know um going straight in so and i because i never got in trouble like that like busted like that before so i was i had that going for me but it was still really serious charges and then you know you add to that that i was just broken and so I was like too afraid to slang. I couldn't hold a job. I'm selling off everything uh, just to get the next fix at this point. I'm calling in all the money off the streets. So I had like three grand out on credit or something. I think I actually collected all the like 400 of. And the last thing that I had was this laptop, uh, this Lenovo laptop. And I'm like, I want to wipe this thing clean. <laughs> And I'll give it to this dude. And it was actually to the dude that that set me up, oddly enough, uh, that came through with that. <clears throat> so he picked it up and he gave me like a teener for, for this of meth. And I remember at the time I was 
trying to get my ex-girlfriend back. She was a stripper. I was brokenhearted about her. I was depressed living in my mom's house, trying to hide everything and act like everything was hunky-dory. I didn't even want to, like, face another day at this point, dude. If I had my way... I would have killed myself, but I was too big of a pussy to do that. So I was like, I'm going to, I wish I could just sleep every day away. Uh, but I couldn't. So I take a ladle out of the kitchen and I just break the whole thing down and like all at once. And I filled like two syringes with a whole teener. <laughs> and I ended up doing all of it within like 10 minutes. I don't know why. I like did the first one barely. I'm shocked I didn't miss because I was like shaking so bad like halfway through and then somehow managed to get it all in there. And then I was thinking about my ex. I, all I remember about that is just like my whole body trembling but on the inside and I was laying there and it just felt everything and then just rushing hard and then thinking about her and how I thought she was banging this heroin dealer. So then I got pissed off and I just grabbed the other one and did it. Like, I don't know what, what that was. Like I'll show her or <laughs> I don't know, man, <laughs> but I did the other one and that was it. Uh, I entered into the worst psychosis in my entire life. Uh, was absolutely crazy terrifying like basically a tailor va tailor made version of hell just for me for like the next 16 hours um, I ended up brush out the shower buck naked with a huge like Rambo knife uh, in my mom's living room <clears throat> thinking that you know, and I've been doing this for hours and hours, but hearing all these things, you know, these conversations that I was having with people that weren't there, uh, but it was changing, you know, as the hours went on. But at this point, it was like the precipice of the whole thing. It was like I was imagining that my ex-wife and her fiancé and my son, Wyatt, who I was just telling to leave the room a second ago. <laughs> but Wyatt was like two at that time. He's 10 now. But <clears throat> I thought they were outside and they were like trying to like hold him over me. or I don't know. It was just breaking me down to the point, dude, this raw part of me just couldn't bear it anymore and uh and i knew something in me knew that this was all hallucination but something in me believed it was real and it was so bad that i needed to silence it and i didn't know how and that's how i ended up buck naked in my mom's living room with this huge rambo knife pig sticker in my hand and i'm on my knees and i'm wailing dude like I'm making noises that I've never made before or since it was the weirdest uh thing and 
<clears throat> I'm wailing out and I'm holding this knife to my, th my throat and I'm like just going to fall on this thing. And I'm like trying to prime myself up to do this and I couldn't do it, couldn't do it. So then I was starting to yell uh, between my sobs and all that stuff. Like I was yelling like, help me, help me. But I, what I was meaning was help me kill myself. Like help me do it. <laughs> this is stupid. I can't do it, but I want to do it. So let's just do it. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. So I'm yelling, help me, help me. I end up putting the knife down though. And I called a guy from the program of CMA and I asked him if he could help me out. And I just like verbal diarrhea and told him all this crazy shit uh, that had been going on and told him about my charges and told him about the, you know, everything. And he just basically told me to grab a piece of paper. He was so simple with this dude. And so matter of fact, he was like, grab a piece of paper and pen. I'm like, all right, hold on a second. So I go grab a notebook and a pen. And he's like, all right, you got it? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, write this down. Okay. He's like, here's what I want you to do every day. I'm like, okay. He's like, every single day, I want you to call me. I'm like, okay. So I write that down. He's like, if you don't get me on the phone, leave a voice message. So I'm like, if he doesn't answer, leave a voice message. <laughs> and then he's like, tell me three things you're grateful for. Okay, three things you're grateful for. Tell me one thing you're doing for your recovery. Okay. And he's like, and then the other thing, which is something that you can't really do on the phone or whatever, but he's like, this is your accountability. He said, I want you to pray every day. He's like, it could be as simple as saying, hey, God, I'm here or whatever, you know, just something to acknowledge that there's something bigger in you out there. And I was like, okay, got it. Pray every day. I did that for like three weeks, dude, every day. And before that dude answered the phone and then. When he met up with me, he made me get a service commitment. The first time we went to a meeting together, you know, uh, took a chair position at CMA and he made, but he also told me, oh yeah. When he was telling me to write the list, he said, okay. And then call you after you get off the phone with me, I need you to call your job, tell him that you're not coming in today. Cause I was supposed <laughs> to be there in an hour as I'm tripping my balls off. And he's like, and you're, he's like, but more than that, you're going to tell him what you've been up to and that you've been fucking up. So I'm like, uh, but normally I would have been like, screw that. But I was like, all right, check, I'm doing it. And then he said, you're going to set up therapy. You've been talking about it for months, like make a phone call and set up an appointment for therapy check. So I just wrote that list and then he let me go and I did that shit. And then my hallucinations my my psychosis completely flipped now i was just flying like a motherfucker but i was feeling really good and really positive though and that was my first experience you're talking about that moment right like that mm -hmm. magical moment that was my you know maybe the moment the magical moment was me yelling help me help me you know and then getting that different kind of help yeah. or maybe just maybe it was when I felt that immense weight lift off my shoulders because I was honest for once 
and I shed the secrets, you know, yeah. I stopped hiding yeah. in the shadows with this yeah. eating me alive, you know? Yeah. And cause dude, the weight like was amazing. I felt like I was floating on cloud nine all freaking day. I cleaned the shit out of my mom's house, did all the yard work outside. I mean, the whole place was just spotless. I was like the model son, best son ever, you know, big brownie points for Jay. And then I slept (laughs) for like two days. And then I just started going hard at meetings and getting in the middle of this thing and opening up to the people in the rooms for a change. I shared in the meetings for the first time when that happened. I never Mm -hmm. shared before that. I just would go five minutes late and leave five minutes early. I didn't want nobody to know me. I didn't want to know them. I didn't trust them. I thought it was a cult. You know, all the stuff. All the stuff. All the stuff. All the stuff. It was cool. Yeah. It's an amazingly powerful story, man. I love those things. For for us, you know, I know for me, I always called myself a hardhead. I never really got anything easy, and I never did anything the easy way. So it took, you know, for me, like it took something radically important. And I love how many different moments there are, but that there are these moments. And I think, you know, everything, every part of every whole part of the scenario is being used for a very intricate way to deliver something very intricate from us. You know, that's what I think that that's what I love about divinity and having that moment where you, you step out of your, you know, you step out of your shell of shame because I believe that addiction is a disease of shame and hopelessness. You know, like you start throwing that shame off, you realize that the, that the lie of fear has been telling you that this person, if you say this, people are leaving you know if you you can't say this you can't do that you can't show that when you go in a room or you get on a screen like this with other human beings that have been in the exact same place there's no shame here because you know again where else do you get to go where you can open you know you could you can open the ugliest wound you've got and the release of letting it go and nobody's nobody's you know judging you or looking at you like there's other people that are just nodding going I know like there's a I resonate with it each part of each of your story like you know even your major questions you know I'll unpack this episode for a whole nother week or so you know just unpacking all the ways that we resonate which shows me that humanity is more alike than we are different and that our fear causes us to you know stare at each other's differences and that usually becomes because we have shame within ourselves or we have, you know, these things within ourselves that, that force us to see reality in a certain way. What I believe the gift of all of you is, is that you continue each week to, to just, just show, you know, so many more assets that so many more levels of that. Say well, Ashley. I love what you're saying about shame because, you know, when I first got into recovery, I kind of avoided church because it was like where I had to lie and be perfect and, you know, I, during active addiction, I was running a two-year-old program, um, and there's 145, and, you know, like, it was, you know, I was in active addiction when I was taking care of two-year-olds, so I helped, you know, and there was a pastor at a church that needed help with her daughter, and I was helping her, and she asked me to, to tell my story on Mother's Day, and anyone that goes to church knows, you know, it's Easter, Christmas, and Mother's Day is huge, and then Father, like, those are the big days in church, I was like, first time I have to tell my story in public that's not in like one of the rooms like where it's people that you know 
don't really understand. I'm going to have to do it on Mother's Day in church. Like, <laughs> I was freaking out. But I'm like, this is a, you know, she said it was important to her because she didn't realize what it was like and she her congregation needed to know. I was like, oh, okay. So go in there and I'm like, you know, that was one of the things. I was like, I'm not going to lie in recovery. It's going to tell the truth. So I had to go and tell the truth in church and I had to talk about, you know, being high while I was taking care of kids in church and all this stuff. And, you know, look, I was just terrified of what the judgment was going to be after. And I'm telling you, like, the people that lined up to talk to me to tell me about their children that were struggling or um, the fact that you were able to say, like, we've been thinking the same thing. We thought everyone was judging us. We thought we had to be perfect. And we didn't realize that we weren't the only ones. Like, it was just like so many people. And it was like, I went to church and I was myself and I was, and I told the truth. And I, it was the first time I probably ever felt like I belonged. And it was, so it's like, pretty cool. It's amazing. It's amazing. This is I'm what I'm glad you did that. Me too. Me too. I'm glad each and every one of you have had and listened to your awakening moment that that you continue mm -hmm. to, you know, run such a platform with such an amazing dynamic. I mean, I feel like I'm so used to doing this on my own. Like I've missed I, there's so many comments here that, you know, uh, of people that that love you all and and all that stuff and and I'm I've been so listening. I haven't put any up, so I just don't want everybody to think that we don't see you because we do. And this is my—that's my fault. I know y'all are so—you're so in there with your with your you know audience. I guess you say it's so hard to call it an audience. It's almost like a family in the recovery world. Like our yeah. platforms are like family. You know, you can't even call it that. Yeah. But you know, and, and and this is truly changing. This is helping humanity shift away from where we are and and this is the thing you know sometimes things you know when we're healing wounds and we have them as a global humanity when we're healing wounds you gotta boil all the ugly stuff up and out first and so what what we do when we do this out loud is we give every human being not even just those in recovery because these are these are personal development practices. This is what changes our life. You know, it's not the quitting of the substance. It's all these other things that, that we, you know, heal, that we do, that we immerse ourselves in, that is actually the recovery program. And this is, this is change, you know, like this is change, this is healing. And like I said, keep doing this, keep doing it out loud, keep being the most authentic group of human beings in one space that I've gotten the opportunity to be in. I mean, really, when do you get to be surrounded by four other authentic human beings, you know, and just have this awesome conversation? So mm -hmm. understand and know, man, that this is changing the world, not just, not just for the people still out there, though, because we were we were yeah. there. We didn't believe that right. we were worthy of recovery. We didn't think we could Believe. do it. We didn't. We couldn't see our lives the way yeah. they look today. And we didn't know how we were going to get here. And none of us yes. planned it. It mm. was just so it's we all do it because the yes. person that doesn't believe they're worthy is worthy to us. Right. Gosh. Well, I feel like it, I feel like it goes back to what you. Uh, you were talking about earlier, Elsie, about, you know, that we used to run from it. But now we're making the conscious decision to grow from it but i'd take it a step further and just say it's a 
we're showing up, you know? Yeah. Like, we're just showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking from the heart, you know, listening from the heart, and that's it, you know? And amazing things happen. Yeah, talk about being blessed to to get to know these guys and and be able to come alongside them and do this great thing with them has been a really huge blessing, man. So, yeah, I can't be more grateful. (laughs) Gosh, I know. I I, I really know. And and thank you all. I, I just, I'm, this is, this is going to just continue to keep me. This has been a divine season. You know, I say this every time, but you all keep showing up and you keep telling me and showing me that this has been a divine tribe building season. This has been a soul tribe building season for what's yeah. to come, you know, like I, I see it in my life, you know, everyone who sat on this screen and there's been many that haven't showed up and have canceled at, at the last minute, you know, so, so they just, not that they're bad people, they just weren't a part of this divine season. I asked for this and I got it. And every human being that has sat on this show, you know, I feel like I have made connections with you know, grown friendships with, know these people, and I feel like, you know, what a powerful team to be a part of right now, you know, just a powerful team of human beings on the earth doing good things in the world, because we know how to do that from darkness, and you're right, Ashley, we know how to do that, because we know what it looks like to to know that you can't, you know, I mean, none of us sitting here would have believed someone 10 years ago or however long that would have said to us in this many years, your, your, your life's going to be completely different. You're like, okay, keep with those jokes. Now you got jokes. So man, is there anything that anybody wants to end something with? I mean, let's, let's take each person and give the, give your own little message to someone who might be out there suffering in whatever stage of recovery, brand new, still inactive, because recovery starts before you, before abstinence. I just want to throw that out there. Your mind starts to change before abstinence comes. So if you're still in it using, but you're sitting here listening and you're absorbing things like your healing has started. So understand and know that don't be hopeless. Your healing has started. You don't listen to this, this kind of stuff. If, if something hasn't been planted, if a seed hasn't been planted within you, so don't give up on yourself. Just stay alive, stay alive to get it, to get the journey. All right. Y'all give it. Who's starting? Nobody. (laughs) This is something that's been resonating in me for the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's a simple slogan, you know, but it, 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 it kind of sums it all up. You know, if one is too many and a thousand never enough, then I choose none. It's, mm. it's, that's it. It's, it's point blank, boom, hard hitting, and it's what I believe in. I mean, I don't even tempt myself with, hey, this time might be different because I know it's not. I know it's the exact same thing every time. I mean, whatever addiction wants to say, whisper in my ear, I'm like, come on. <laughs> I done fell for that a thousand times. I'm not falling for it again. Outstanding. Right. Outstanding. Outstanding. Brett, what's, oh, what's your message of hope? Now. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's getting good. Now yeah. it's getting well, specific. People aren't gonna, 
Yeah, people aren't going to step up and you got to start a signing. Got to keep it tight. Got to keep it tight. <laughs> tight, tight, tight. Uh, yeah, I think I think my message, and I feel like it's kind of the theme that we've had here just here and, and at the end of this broadcast, but we don't know where our lives could lead if we stop using, if we get to this place of not needing to fill that void to, to alter our reality. Yeah. And, you know, I, I never imagined where my life would be today. And, you know, I just, I made that commitment to that friend of like, I'll, I'll, I'll try this for a year, you know, and, and, and look where it's gone. You know, mm. I, I can't even begin to list off all the blessings that have, that have happened in my life because of that decision. And, I too, like every like everybody else that's on the show, you know, I I had had those thoughts of, of suicide and it was like what, you know, and that that was kind of the crossroads that I was at. It was like, I'm either gonna kill myself or I'm gonna try recovery, and you know, I don't really have the courage to to do that yet. So I guess I'm gonna try this recovery thing, and I'm so grateful that I did, and and. I don't really know how to put it into words, man, but it's truly been the biggest blessing to my life. And, you know, if you're on the fence, if you're thinking about it, if you're not really sure, I mean, why not give it a try, man? What do you have to lose? You know, that was, that was something that it's really cliche. And I heard it in a lot of meetings and stuff, but it was like, you know, we have a misery back guarantee. You know, if you don't like what we're offering, like you can, you can have all that misery and pain back. And you know, yeah. I I wouldn't trade that for anything. I'm I'm with Jr. Man. Like, I, I I'm grateful that I'm at this place now where I don't even have the desire to use anymore. Like two times this past week at work, I've had customers that are like, "Hey, take a beer for the road," and I'm like, "No." <laughs> I don't even give an excuse of like I don't I can't because I'm at work. I'm just like, no, like that. There's nothing in me that wants it. Like, no. Thank you though. Have a nice have a nice evening. But no amazing amazing all right who's next point them out ashley okay all right i've got three <laughs> they're like bullet points all right so i'm going to challenge anyone um that's in active addiction or early recovery i do not care if you're still using but i'm going to challenge you to send me a message and, t- and just start telling me you know what you're doing um, and I'm going to accept what you're doing and I'm not going to judge you. And I don't care if you lower your use, up your use. Um, I just would love to hear you be able to tell the truth to somebody and feel accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, two, please start telling me, you know, if you do one or two things you're grateful for, it can be, I'm grateful it's the end of the day. I don't care what it is. Um, I just would love to hear what you're grateful for. And trust me, it'll bring me so much joy. You're doing it for me, not for you. Um, and the third thing is if you are using, please, you're, you deserve to be here tomorrow. Use, use with somebody else, have Narcan, if fentanyl strips are, you know, legal in your area, test what you're using because it's dangerous right now. Yes. Very, very. Thank you for saying that. That is absolutely the truth. It is more deadly now than it's ever been and it's getting worse. So yeah, please take heed to that. Please take that amazing offer. All right, Jason. It's up to you now, man. Most definitely got to echo what she said. Uh, you know, if you're going to use, be safe. Think about it. 
there's resources available all over the place. Harm reduction resources are typically free of charge. And all you got to yeah. do is a simple Google search to find it. So I'm sure you wouldn't have an issue finding it most places. If you do, that's really unfortunate. And I'm sorry. And we're working on fixing it. Working you know, on this, fixing this, it. this community is working on fixing it. But other than that, man, I just say, like, there's always hope. That's my message. Like, there's always hope. Like, when I had done, there was hope. You know, yeah. uh, I, I had to keep, I'm like a knucklehead, man. I had to keep coming around and, and seeing miracles around me and then thinking that they were full of it and watch them like a hawk. And yeah. then not only did they stay clean, but they were getting better. They were growing more. They were changing more. You know, it's, yeah. it flipped the script on me, dude. It gave me the hope and it made me want what they had right Absolutely. um so i think it's to be it's all in the seeking and 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 uh you know just being open to those messages man don't you know don't listen to that voice that tells you to reject something that looks positive like try to learn from it you know or whatever you can do but never give up all your hope just yeah. don't don't do it because Miracles happen every day, and if you don't believe it, like, look at this screen. Look yeah. all around you, everywhere you go. There's over 23 million Americans in recovery. Ooh. Wow. And that's in America. Wow. And wow. the miracles are happening every day, and they're all around us all the time. And if yeah. you really want help to get better because you really feel like you don't know what to do, I got good news for you. You don't have to know anything. All you have to do is be willing to humble yourself and ask somebody for help. And either they're going to be able to help you or they're going to know somebody who can. Everybody's touched by addiction in some way, shape, or form. And they know somebody who's working a program or somebody who's doing really good, who's thriving today, that was dying not that long ago or whatever. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So you got to put yourself out there man because closed mouths don't get fed and just let somebody guide you and they'll help you you know just like a parent helps their kid you know with a walker until they can get out there or they hold them by the you know waist and try to get them to walk take their steps hold their little hands you know hold their bike seat while they're learning how to ride without the training wheels but guess what eventually they're on their own they're off to the races That'll be you, you know, like, and that's how it goes. And then once you can stand on your own two feet, man, all you got to do is go help somebody else. That's it. That's it. You just got to be that open channel, you know, that that's open it. channel, getting help from someone and then helping the next person back. I appreciate all of that and all of y'all for being here. Um, Laura Kimmins wants to share a poem with us. If y'all don't mind, we'll close the show out with that. But you know, before I put it up there, I just want to say I admire each and every one of you. I'm so grateful to have been able to get you all herded in here tonight with us. And, and thank <laughs> you for all the things that, you know, you've had to, 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 to move around in your life to be here tonight. It's amazing. I thank you. 
Brett's the greatest herder of them all. I think he is amazing to get all your pictures to me, your bios. I mean, everything. I I adore you guys. I love you guys, man. Thank you for what you do. Hey, Thanks for welcome, hope. welcome to Happiness. the Recovery Revolution family. You're hey, man, part I, of, the, of the crew. I can't yeah. even believe that that we're here and we're in revolution recovery tonight like i'm i'm just i'm just <laughs> crazy crazy thinking that it's so glad that we could be here and, and i'm just loving it i love it i love it's this awesome. dynamic is amazing all of you are just so awesome amazing. meeting you man awesome man, meeting. thank you so glad to much. have you in the family buddy man i i love this this is amazing it's absolutely amazing i love y'all all right love you too man let's read this for laura the light, can you see it? The warmth, can you feel it? His healing power, do you believe it? Do you have faith he can fix it? Have you ever felt more alone? Do you feel the guilt and pain? You're not alone in this game. You need to, no need to be ashamed. You have nothing else to lose or so you think. I am, I am you. We were the same, we wear the same shoes, all the bruises, all the pain. It can all be gone if you ask in his name. You might think you have nothing to gain, but let me tell you, replace your hate with faith and get your heart. And that's all I can see. But that's amazing. That That's amazing. I mean, that's hope right there. You know, that's hope. And I just want to thank you for sharing that with us. And just to tell each and every human being, there's a purpose you're here. Now, whether you can see it or not, just believe that I'm saying it believe that I am each one of us are telling you that right here you know just start to open the perspective just just slightly you know ask a different question tomorrow instead of letting your mind talk you out of you know that being bullshit how could you have a purpose just look at you know all five of us sitting here that's what I better have counted right look at all five of us sitting here that each one of us would have fought for that same limitation however long that it was so just let this sink in. You have a purpose. You can't see it. Get around people that can that can see it for you, that can know that you have something in you. And whatever it is, are you a poet? Are, are you a speaker? Are you a podcaster? Are you none of those things? Are you a great mom? Are you, you know, what is it that, that, that just really ignites your passion? Whatever that is, there is a hint right there, you know, that that has something to do with your bigger purpose on earth so just keep going you know keep yourself safe do what it takes to stay alive to to give this thing one more day there are seeds planting here and it is on the wings of every human being that have, we have lost in all of this epidemic and this this disease of addiction people we've lost to accidents you know while intoxicated those are the wings that we all stand on to have the strength to do this every single day and you're going to need strength you're going to need support so stand on those wings reach out to these you know angels here on earth and just know that you're worth it you're worth it you're worth it i love you guys i adore you love guys you, and i'm so grateful for y'all to be here man 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 i am a blessed human being 
All right, I told you if you stuck around that you would get this amazing offer from uh, Breakthrough Hypnotherapy. Right now, if you are a Recovery Soul Food listener, and that means if you're here tonight and you're here in Recovery Soul Food for the first time, get with Pamela Topjian at Breakthrough Hypnotherapy. She's going to give you a full free session of hypnotherapy. Now, it's not some you know carnival show you've seen in movies. This is just like the deepest meditation, you know, a, a direct, you know, just a letting go of that that monkey mind that we have that talks to us all the time and fights us and it's just a relaxation technique that just takes you into a different place in you and she wants to give you a full free session of that so all you have to do is go to hypnobreakthrough.com mention recovery soul food and take Pamela up on that amazing gift she is that's her that's her thing that's her that's thing awesome. and it'll change your life so you guys make sure you take Pamela up on that get Pamela's book Right here on Amazon, just type in Pamela Topjian, Remy Stoex book, Arsenal of Gratitude. And listen, I'm going to start a series next week on the Find Your Purpose book, which is If I Die Before I Wake, Jonathan England's book. If you missed his episode last week, go back and watch it. It's life-changing, humanity-shifting. But you can get that book of his right now for free, and you can listen to it on YouTube for free as well. I'd love to invite you to, you know, listen to that book, get your e-copy, and join me for the session next Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to go through it. I'm going to talk about my recovery journey, how it, you know, relates. And like, like Ashley said, you don't have to be clean to show up. Just show up. Just keep showing up. Keep showing up. Yes. All right. I love you guys so, so much. I don't even want to let you go. I don't want to let you go. <laughs> Thanks for being here. I look forward to getting back with you guys sometime soon. I think we're coming up in October. So y'all can flip the script on me. Everybody, have an amazing night. Thanks for joining us. Go watch this thing again. Like it, share it, do all the things. Ah, I'll see y'all next week. Thanks for having us. Bye. Thank you. Peace. Take care.